Welcome to the Kingstonist Podcast, a daily look at news, sports, and all things Kingston. Brought to you by Taylor Audubon. When you buy a certified pre-owned from Taylor Automall, it means you have the backing of Canada's number one pre-owned sales brand. It also means that with your purchase, your vehicle will go through a rigorous 150 plus point inspection, comes with manufacturer's warranty, has 24 hour roadside assistance, and comes with a one-time exchange privilege. We have over 80 certified pre-owned on our lot right now. All makes, all models, anything you need. Certified pre-owned vehicles and Taylor Automall, above and beyond industry standards. Welcome to 15 Minutes With, brought to you by the Taylor Automall. Please be joined by Aaron Geisler from Football Canada, who's in town this week uh, from Ottawa for the Canada Cup football tournament. And Aaron, we were just talking about uh, Sunday, uh, was at the games. And uh, uh, you guys, and I wrote an article saying that, you, you know, you guys knew what you were doing. You seeded the tournament properly, like bang on, because yeah. all the top four seeds uh, got through to uh, tomorrow's semifinal. Yeah, well, and it's interesting that four or five game is always usually the the, the most competitive. Yeah, and it was. <laughs> this year was an interesting year because yeah. BC is kind of re is they've come back into the tournament for the passes their third year back in the tournament. So you got an Ontario BC matchup, which is we haven't seen you know BC coming back kind of really their talent level is really good, but they're starting to understand what it's like to be in a tournament like this. And that game was right to the end, right? Yeah. Like really impressive. And I thought you know if it wasn't for BC making a couple mistakes early, that game you know. And BC could have took that game. So, but the rest of the games, yeah, they seeded out the way they should have seeded out, right? One should have won, two should have won. Um, and then game D2 is going to be exciting, right? Like yeah. the, those, those semifinal matchups wow, are, are. Are they ever? Yeah. Yeah. We've got, uh, so, well, just going back to Sunday, I mean, the yep. one game that I uh, saw the most of was the uh, Saskatchewan game because I wanted to see them play as the number one seed. Yep. They beat Nova Scotia 37 nothing, but uh, I think the score almost flatters Saskatchewan because I thought Nova Scotia actually played pretty well. Yeah. So the thing that they struggled with is they, they just had a tough time protecting the quarterback. Yeah. I think if they could have protected the quarterback, it would give them a little bit more time because uh, they have some receivers. Cherokee Robinson is a really good receiver out of Citadel, and he uh, I think he could have been a bigger factor in that game. The one thing that Saskatchewan does really well is they play sound defense, and they, they don't make a ton of mistakes. No. Um, and when they do, you have to capitalize on them. And I think, um, like you said, Nova Scotia played a really good game against the defending champions. Yeah. But uh, Saskatchewan's only going to keep getting better in this tournament. So it's too bad for that first team because they're just gonna, they're going to make sure they fix their mistakes. And game day two is going to be a really good wow. game. Really yeah, good. they're going to play Ontario at 6 o'clock on Wednesday. And Ontario is the fourth seed. That's a 1-4 matchup. And yeah. So Ontario's going to have their hands full. And they've got to pretty much play mistake-free football if they're going to move on to the finals. Yeah, and that's that's generally been one of the, the, uh, the tough spots for Ontario is they take a lot of um, – penalties and they make a lot of mistakes but they have a new head coach this year in John Paul Cicelli and yes. he's he's one of the best young coaches in the in in the OEA right now or and he's going to be the head coach at Windsor and I think he's going to do a really good job with them and he's been around the tournament for a while so he has a pretty good sense and I don't know if you, their offensive line is impressive so Saskatchewan's defensive line is going to have a really tough time controlling the, the run game and then at three o'clock uh number two Alberta takes on Quebec Quebec hasn't been in though this is they're they're back in the tournament they were out of the tournament for a year or so or, uh so no, so they they've been they were a couple years back they they weren't so they've been in the for a while but they've basically been the powerhouse in this tournament yes um one of the benefits that they have is a lot of their kids uh are in their sage up system or at least starting their sage up system or have been playing for ever and then yeah. they're 
their high performance program is nothing like anything else across the the country. So they they kind of get what this is like, and and they their kids are impressive. Their their talent are they, are, level wow. is is impressive. Well, and you look you know you look at uh, just the, the program at Laval University yep. and and the, and also the program at uh, University of Montreal. Yeah, uh, just incredible. Two of the top programs in the country consistently every year. Yeah, and, yep. well, and and that talent pool that they pull from like Ontario schools like Carleton and Ottawa and. Queens and now Western are trying to get into that Quebec pool. Like, how mm-hmm. can we pull some of these stage up kids? Because they come out, they're 21 generally. They've had a little bit higher experience level. They understand what it's like to be in school. So for them, it's like, how can I get these kids out to come? To, because having a 21 year old come to your program, it's not as big of a, of a jump. Because yeah. I remember Pat Shane said to me a few years ago, saying athletically, in his opinion, and I totally agree, the biggest jump athletically in any sport was going is going from high school football to university football Absolutely. in Canada. It just yeah, yeah, and you've got to, and the expectations are so high on these kids; they've got to hit the ground running. So you get yeah. a kid at a CJEP that uh, you know they're physically more mature, mentally more mature. Yeah. It's not as big a leap. Yeah, and, and that's I mean, it's the same thing with the CJFL at West. You kind of see the same thing for players like the Hilltops. So again, you get that older experienced player to be able to move in. So um, yeah, Quebec is, has, has just generally always been a, a, this is a weird beer because they're, you know, a third seed and they haven't been a third seed in a long time. So um, they've played Alberta a lot of times in this tournament. Um, so there's a lot of, a little bit of uh, bad blood, I think between the two, but it's going to be a really great match. Yeah. be a lot of talent on both sides. Well, I look at this tournament and I just smile because I go back to my time in playing football high school in the late seventies. And we literally, the only football around was, uh, we played in the fall. Yeah. And then, uh, and, and my buddies and I, we were all football centric and just obsessed with football. We didn't have any opportunity to play anywhere other than playing touch football in the, in the, yeah. in the summer and in the spring and stuff. We played all the time, but there were nothing like football Canada. And, and, you know, it's amazing what you guys have done. Tell me about the development of football in the country and getting young kids to play. Yeah. So we've, uh, over the past, I would say 2009 was really the I mean, Canada Cup has been around since the early 90s, but what we've kind of really taken place since about 2005 to 2009 is we really put a focus on two things. One was how do we create a high-performance program, a true high-performance program, because a lot of the times young kids look up and see, you know, what's next, right? So yes. youth sports has been a really good avenue for that, but, you know, a national team program is something that I think a lot of people look at and say, hey, I want to be able to wear the flag someday, right? I want to be able to wear a maple leaf someday. So that was a big piece of it. So we've actually won three gold medals at the International Stage of Junior Worlds. And you beat in the United States. The United States. Yeah. We beat Mexico last summer, yeah. which Mexico beat the United States last <laughs> summer. It was a crazy tournament. <clears throat> but we've been the only country actually to have three gold medals at that stage. So um, that's, I think, played a huge part because then it kind of gives a sense of there's there's a final piece that you can do. Um, CFL obviously helps hugely on that on that part, and they've been very good partners. And the other end of it, which is how do we grow the grassroots? Um, and one of the things that we've kind of, I would not say stumbled on, but we've been a late entry sport for a long time. Like you said, you know, you started probably when you entered in high school. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. what most kids did. Yeah. Um, but we have a really good opportunity to be able to expand when young kids say, okay, I want to pick up a soccer ball. Well, why not pick up a football sure. and play some flag or yeah. play what we call ultimate football now, where it's just like, okay, here's a football. It's like ultimate Frisbee, but with a football. So we've really worked on how do we grow the grassroots by keeping it low cost? Because one of the things that's great about our sport that you know, it's any kid can play. Like you could be the 300 pound kid. You could be the 150 pound kid. And we all have a spot. Exactly. Especially today when we're talking about inclusion and diversity, football is the best 
before. Is it ever? Yeah. yeah. Girls can play boys football. I mean, yeah. I remember my my boys played, it's now defunct, the OPP league here. Yeah. And they had about 30 games of football under their belts But by the time they got to grade nine. So yeah. it wasn't that huge of, I mean, it was a huge jump, but not, yeah. uh, you know, they, they knew a little bit about the game. So, yeah. and that's, that's hats off to Football Canada for organizing grassroots league like this. Yeah. And, yeah. and the big thing is, is that we have really good partners across the board that, uh, so the CFL actually just launched their tri football campaign. So it's just, how do we get a football in, in the hands of kids in whatever way that looks and then supporting our programs, like our first down program and our ultimate program and flag flag is, uh, next to, I, I can't remember the sport. It's the second uh, fastest growing sport in all of North America. Yes. Um, and, and that's just because of it's fun. It's fast. Like kids can just jump in and then it's, you know, you get a taste of flag and it's like, Oh, maybe I can move over to tackle or maybe not. Maybe I just stay on flag. Yeah. For the Flag is probably the best chance that we have to get into Olympics as a sport. So, uh, there's a lot of growth area for all And flag football has been around forever. I remember as a little kid, they used to play at intramural, intramural flag football yep. at Queens. And, and it was, uh, it was, it, it was really entertaining to watch as a kid because yeah. it was, there were some pretty good athletes playing. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And the other side of it is that female football in Canada is growing fast and there's an appetite from females across this country to play the sport. Oh, and they have a winter tournament, I know, uh, yeah. that, uh, uh, in Ontario. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so, and so the, the Western women's, uh, Canadian Football League actually just finished their 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 championships. The Saskatoon Valkyries were the the winners. That league is phenomenal. Like the, the level of play, um, and we have a female national senior female national team as well. And like the level of play in that tournament is unbelievable. You look at that and you 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 can't see the difference sometimes between the men and the women. They're just that good and athletic. It's just a matter of how do we keep growing the sport on the female side. Now, reading a bit about your background, you're you're involved with with uh, Football Canada. You're with the National Certification Program with in terms yeah. of developing coaches. And and you know my experience was with my kids that uh, the football coaches were much better educated than their hockey coaches. Let's say about the game and and the, and safety. Um, what and and there, I, I, this is kind of a two part question. How what is the what what is the formula to success of of, of developing good coaches in Canada? Yeah. Also, I just saw that uh, you guys have there's an app yeah. that has come out to help yeah. uh, coaches and for everything from practice planning to strategy to yeah. to game planning. Yeah. So, um, starting with kind of what's the strategy? The strategy is is how do we create a standardized program across the country that allows a new parent or, um, you know, an ex player to come in and feel like both of those people who maybe have a lot of experience or little experience to be able to feel like they have confidence to step on the field. Cause the hardest thing is, I mean, yes, X's and O's is hard in football. Mm -hmm. It's, it's unique to our sport It is where the coach has so much, you know, play in a game, but the harder part is feeling confident in setting up a drill, instructing young kids to be able to get them to execute. So uh, what we try to do a lot of the times is get them active in clinics. It's not about sitting down in a screen, and going through, okay, this is this is how you run a run play. No, it's get let's let's get up, let's actually do the stuff. Let's do it. You are an active participant in this. Me as a facilitator, I'm more just a guider. I, I guide you to the right answer, and and you are the one who are just going to actively learn. Um, and the app. So that's yeah, I'm I'm super excited about this. Um, so we've been working for the past year uh, with a company actually based out of Saskatoon uh, called Athlete Era. Uh, to create a, uh, an app called Athlete Quest, and basically what it is, it's a one-stop shop mobile learning platform that you can have all your drill library, but additionally for all our programs. So if say you're a U10 coach that coaches flag, here's your practice plan from day one to wow day 100. Yeah. Here's your playbook. Here's your drills, and then say you're a little bit more experienced coach. Oh, I like this drill, but I'm going to switch it out for this one that's over here. 
and then you can share it with the rest of your coaching staff. Because the biggest thing is, is how do we make sure we we reduce the barriers to entries to coaches because finding volunteers is tough. And so by sharing information, it makes yes. it, it facilitate more people, uh, people coming in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, the thing is, is if you get parents bought in early, they're going to, they're going to stay in. Yeah. One of the things that the CFL just did a study about, about our sport. And they said that uh, our problem is not keeping people. When someone jumps into the sport of football, they stay and they yeah. stay long term. It's just a matter of getting people bought in. So it, reducing barrier entries is, is the best way to do it. Yeah. Now, one of the things uh, you know, as a as a parent uh, that we went through uh, when our boys were at an age where they showed interest in football, and you're you know looking at summer sports like baseball, soccer, other other uh, options, sailing in Kingston. Um, safety was a concern yeah. uh, in football. What uh, what does Football Canada do to make sure that the game is safe for kids that want to come in and play tackle football in grade school? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the biggest thing is not to shy away from any of the questions. We have to understand that we are a contact sport and mm -hmm. there's no getting around that. I mean, we're also a, a non-contact sport. So I think there's two pieces there. The biggest thing is uh, coach education. So we, we split it up into managing uh, issues um, to reduce them as much as we can and to prevent. So prevention is the biggest thing. So good coaches prevent injuries more often than not. Practice, the way you run a practice will dictate generally how injuries occur. So if you run a safe practice, so our safe contact program has kind of been our big staple, mostly because it's not necessarily that we're doing anything different from anyone else, but it's that we're putting everything in a one-stop shop so that if you're a coach, an administrator, uh, we actually give officials training on this, that the safety part too because they play an integral part in keeping kids safe on the field and game day to understand what are all our mechanisms to reduce injury in the sport overall. You know, we talk concussions, we talk everything. Because I think a lot of times we focus a lot on concussions, which we should because they're very important. But we have other issues too that we have to make sure that we reduce. You know, knee injuries sure. are a big oh, thing, yeah. right? So it's about... I've got two new knees to prove it. Well, that's the... <laughs> Well, I, I was lucky through my then I was a running back and I, I, I was lucky. But um, yeah, so coach education, I think, is the biggest piece. But the other piece that we're really striving to move forward is our is our long term athlete development plan. So we've actually created a model and it'll move into effect in 2022. And most of the organizations are actually moving faster than that uh, to progress to 12 aside football. So instead of starting at 12 aside football, you start at six aside football. Well, actually, you start a flag, but yeah. for contact, you start at six aside football. Saskatchewan. So we talked about Saskatchewan yeah, earlier. Yeah. On their Canada Cup roster, they have between 10 to 12 players that have exclusively only played six or nine aside football. Really? And they're the number one team in this, yeah, yeah. In this tournament. Yeah. Um, so so they've been more playing people. since they were. Little, toddlers, little, right? Yeah. And they in six side football, you're not an offensive lineman. You're a yep. tight end slash center slash running back slash quarterback. You do everything, right? So, um, a lot of the times, the safety piece is how do we make our athletes more well rounded? Because when they're single use athletes, there's more chance for injury as well. And additionally, it's how do we you know open space up a little bit? How do we make sure that the biggest problems that we have is obviously there are a lot of collisions that occur. How do we reduce the number of collisions? And then two, how do we reduce the unnecessary large collisions? Yeah, that, those are the biggest focuses yeah. that we. Now your other hat uh, is that you're the wide receivers coach with the Ottawa GGs. Yeah, let me take my football Canada okay. hat off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and uh, that's the season's five, quickly approaching, and uh, a lot of changes around the OUA this year. Uh, we've had Steve Snyder on, uh, the new head coach here at Queens. Uh, program at Ottawa U still very strong, very consistent. Um, it, does it worry guys in the league that uh, the league still appears to be a bit of a two tier league, and that there are the haves and the have nots? There are some programs that really struggle and. And like I look at a program like Toronto that uh, was was a national powerhouse for right. forever, 
huge school, you would think Toronto would be able to bring in uh, players, but as a program, it struggled. Does that does that worry guys around the league? Obviously, that's a, something that you always have to be cognizant of. But the thing is that I would say is I think Waterloo is the best. Exactly, they were four and four last year, were they not? And they were, yep, they were a good team, really good. Yep. And this year they're going to be even better. Their, their starting quarterback Trey Ford is something special, yes, and they really have is. Yeah. Their, their receiving core. So I would say they they were perennial basement dwellers. And now, if you have Waterloo on your schedule, you gotta you gotta be very careful. Yep. And even even saying that you know Western is potentially now the one, and they lost a lot of coaching staff. But well, thank, yeah, they have one here, Steve. Not, not for any bad reason. You <laughs> yeah. got oh, two no. that are head coaches. You got a Queens head coach. You got a Windsor head coach. Yep. You, there's all the Western guys because of their success. They're scattered. That's everywhere, right. And that's what happens when you win. Um, but the thing is, is last year, Western played two really close games against Queens and against Carlton. Carlton, they only they lost. Well, in Carlton overtime. had them. Yeah. And Carlton should have won yeah, that game. Absolutely. And Queens was leading almost the entire game. I know. So, well, yeah, I, I don't need to tell you that. Um, so, I think at the top end, from one to six, there's actually a lot more parity. The the thing is right now is Western's just really deep. They yeah. just have a lot of depth. From and they're going to be three. good again this year, too. They don't lose a ton of guys, yeah. so they're going to be really good. But I think, though, that the rest of the OEA, at least in that middle middle group, have, have increased. And I'm actually really excited about what some might call that lower group because of the, the changes in, in coaches. So... Like I mentioned earlier at Windsor, J.P. Cecilia, I yep. think he's going to do a great job. Um, I think Steve Snyder is, is going to do a great job at Queens. Yep. And I think that Toronto, York, um, there's there's talent on both of those. Is there ever? I mean, that's the thing. There, there are tons of talent yep. on that. Or they, you know, they usually have a handful of guys you can you can identify and say, that kid's going to play in the CFL. Yep. They're that good. See, and here's the thing I always say. The OUA is a different beast because you have 11 teams in this conference. It's not, you know... Can West is super competitive, but there's, you know, there's 16 yeah. and they know each other really. In Ontario, it's really hard to get wins because, you know, you have to play some really good teams and to get out of this conference is really hard. And um, so I think as, as much as from the outside, it, it can look like, okay, there's definitely tiers and there is, I'm not saying there isn't, I think the tiers are actually getting a lot closer than, yeah. 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 Well, that, and that's good. And I asked you a funny, you know, you, you talk about how important wins are. I asked Steve, I said, you know, I think their second game is against Western in London. Yeah. I said, is that game circled on the calendar? He said, no, he said every eight games are circled on the calendar. Cause that's how, yeah. you know, you've, you've got to perform right out of the gate. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So tell me about the GGs. You guys going to be any good? So, well, hey, that's, uh, I guess you'll find out week three for you guys. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, that, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, we're in a good spot because at least on offense, we don't lose a ton of ton of guys. Basically, our receiving core is almost all returning. Um, and our office line is going to keep growing because yeah. they've been together now for two years almost. Uh, so we don't lose a ton of guys. And uh, a defense, though, we've lost some some some, DB. some key guys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jamie Harry, yeah. Um, he's, he was probably the best defensive player in the country. Absolutely. Um, so I think we're... We're set up to to perform this year, and I think it's going to be a really good year. But the thing is, the OUA is tough, and there's for us, we have how do we get over the hump? And the hump is you got to be Western consistently, right? You yep. got to be able to beat the top teams consistently. And Laurier is going to be a good and, team again this and year. And Laurier is going to be yep. really good. Yeah, yep. yeah. Um, I want to ask you a coaching question. It's just an observation of mine. I look at the game of football, especially in Canada, in three parts: offense, defense, and special teams. Yep. I think special teams is just as important as as the other two. 
Your coaching oh, staff. Are you going to tell the Red Blacks that? Yeah, well, yeah. No, but I mean, I look, well, I watched the Red Blacks. Uh, I was uh, uh, Montreal and uh, Ottawa last year. Yeah. And it was a special teams game. Yeah. Do, do coaching staff spend enough time on special teams? Because it, it seems to be a part of the game where a lot of teams struggle, where teams can win games. But if it wasn't for, yeah. are we developing kickers in this country is, I guess, where I'm coming yeah. at. So, I, I mean, that's actually a really good question. And the reason I made that red black comment is because it, the, the game on Friday, the returner didn't understand to down the down ball. Down the ball, that's right. <laughs> and and a, a good, solid punter realized I can tip this ball out of bounds. Um, I would say that one thing that we don't do is we don't start early enough getting everybody to kick. So one thing is generally what we do is we're waiting for a kid to step up and say, hey, I want to be a kicker. Well, earlier on, we need to be able to just say, hey, everybody just kick. Everybody just learn how to yeah. kick. Because the thing is, our pool is a little too small, I think, in terms of kickers. So we're waiting on that soccer kid to come out and be like, oh, yeah, I've kicked a soccer ball for a decent amount of time so I can kick. Um, but So we actually just did seven ID camps across the country for our national team program. And the kicking talent is actually really good. It's good. Yeah. Good. yeah. So I was like, okay, we'll, we'll whittle it down to four and bring him to our top 70 and uh, it's a really tough decision. Like, I remember years ago, Tyler Capigna <laughs> yep. playing for Myers Riders and he yeah. was, uh, he was uh, not a very tall young man. Yeah. Uh, I think he was in about grade 11, 10 or 11. He was yeah. kicking field goals from, uh, from a warm up from his own 45. Yeah. Didn't make the Argos roster this year. And I asked uh, somebody with connected with the Argos, my friend, Mike Hogan, what happened? He said, well, he, he, they would keep him, but he can't punt. So you were, we need guys that can place yeah. kick and punt, I guess, in, yeah. in Canada. Well, actually one of my uh, really good friends who he's, he's actually the punter on Toronto, Zach Medeiros. So he played at Western, he Western, played with yes. the junior, uh, junior or the beef eaters. Um, he's kind of been one of those guys. The other guy that I, Lewis Ward, yeah, potentially. <laughs> well, he's from Kingston. I don't want to jinx anything in that <laughs> in that streak or anything, but uh, yeah, he hit a pretty nice fifty-three yarder the other day to extend his streak. So there's, I think, that right now there's actually a lot of really. And CFL needs Canadian kickers because in terms of the ratio, that's the best way for them to get a Canadian on the field. Yes, yeah, uh, Liram Harlahu. Like, there's there's a lot of really another good Western guy. Yeah, another yeah. Western guy. Yeah, yeah. So I think that. I would agree that maybe the pool isn't big enough for kickers because we don't start in early enough. But uh, I think there's a lot of really good top end talent. I just don't know after that plateau how many kids are yeah. beyond that. So yeah. Well, Aaron, thank you very much for doing this. I really yeah, appreciate. No it. I know you've been under the weather, and uh, it's a busy week for you. And uh, congratulations, because you know this is uh, what you guys are doing for for the development of football in Canada is really outstanding. And and uh, you know people, I think people people that aren't close to the game say, ah, oh, you know, football could be going away. I don't think so. I mean, this just because of what your organization is doing football is here to stay and and growing in canada i really appreciate yeah. you having me this is awesome yeah. and uh look forward to the final game day uh, yeah I, if, if you haven't seen brackets my pick was uh quebec over ontario but i and so just so that everybody knows well i, I picked ontario yeah I, i'm a homer but that was the homer pick i had to stay away from the homer <laughs> pick that was i might my... see in the playoffs of the oua playoffs if uh, queens plays ottawa U. that sounds good right. thanks aaron no problem